This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. All right. We are back on Line Dance Podcast over the airwaves of Move Radio. Megan Barsulli and Christopher Gonzalez. Learning in this next article how to disagree agreeably. The best ways to compromise, clear the air, and fight fair by Eric Messenger. This is on realsimple.com. And the reason we picked this one was we were wondering in picking dances that you do to certain songs and in choosing not to do some dances, how do you do that amicably when your friends are all on another boat? Um, oh, sirens going by. I hope everyone's all right. Anyway, um, sometimes at socials, a dance will play and you will choose not to do it. And sometimes you know the dance too, so you don't even have the excuse of, oh yeah. Um, I haven't I've, learned this one yet. Yeah, it's, it's on my list or anything like that. You, you have learned it. Maybe the person even saw you take the lesson right next to them, so they know you know it. And you're not tired. It's not like you're pacing yourself because you were sitting out of a bunch of them. Like, how do you just say, I don't like this one? Or, I don't want to do it right now. Or, look, there's something shiny on the other side of the room. Like, how do you confront the issue without being unpleasant? Or, um, another, another example of where this can come in handy. When some people are doing one dance and some people are doing another dance for the same song... And you don't always understand why they've gone with one or or another, um, but like you can't just like twist their arm and say, "But what about this one? It's like so much more of a challenge." And so you don't just have to settle for this one. I know you can do this other one, or like it, it, it's very easy to say, "Oh, well, it's their personal taste. You know, they want to do this one, and that's how it is. Don't worry about it." Like after a while. Maybe you're just not even doing dances with them anymore because you've got you've like developed such different tastes, uh, but you still want to be, have the ex- experience of being there dancing with your friends to the same dance, ideally. <laughs> uh, or if you're in a club situation uh, where you're teaching things and there are multiple cooks in the kitchen deciding which version gets taught, that can also get sticky. Because whatever they learn is what they're going to imprint upon. So how do you decide when there are a couple really good ones out there? For example, if you had, say, Shape of You to teach, and you're friends with both Trevor Thornton and Roy Hidesabrodo, you know them both from circuit events, and you can see that both of them have really well-hitting dances for different parts of the dance and in different ways. You could teach both of them, but, I mean, you don't always have time to teach every single dance you want to teach. Maybe they only want one. Which do you pick? Well, to make matters worse, in our situation, um, we are certainly fans of both Roy and Trevor, but then a friend of ours came up with her own. Mm -hmm. And that one's taught all over Southern California and other places. Yeah, it's... And so how do you choose or how do you abstain from Mm. learning one over the other or any of them? We have um, abstained from learning any of them. Without hurting someone's feelings. Yeah. Um, Or how do you say, the dance looks great, I'm sure it would be awesome, but I can't stand the song. There's also that. (laughs) Or I love the song, but I'm not really a fan of the dance. Like, I mean, how do you have that disagreement? Mm. The other thing to consider is in co-choreography. 
how do you dis how do you agree and disagree on steps that you want to put in how do you talk about them and come to a solution mm -hmm. without hurting the other person's feelings because they were the one who came up with it also if you choreograph to a dance uh, or to a song that somebody else already has a dance for it's implicitly like saying you tried but I feel like I can do better. Right. Like that's how they, they might receive that. Even if that's not how you mean it, that might be what they see when your name pops up on the charts and you've you made them look like they're inept at capturing the feel of a song through dance. Yeah. So that's what inspired this particular article anyways. Yeah. Okie dokie. Here is the opening parag paragraph in full radio voice glory. <laughs> Yankees and Red Sox. Red states and blue states. Your seven-year-old and your nine-year-old. Humans, it seems, are wired for disagreements. These conflicts can be angry, awkward messes, or they can be civil exchanges of viewpoints that lead to better decisions at work and closer relationships at home. What makes the difference is usually not the issue at hand, but how it is handled. Here, then, are the rules of engagement followed by tips on how to speak your mind to almost anyone. No bench-clearing brawls, no threats of secession, no backseat turf wars involved. The rules of engagement. Keep these in mind at your next impasse. They might help you avoid an unproductive argument. 1. Pick your battles. You do not have to address every injustice or irritation that comes along says Harriet Lerner, author of The Dance of Anger, A Woman's Guide to Changing the Patterns of Intimate Relationships. But it is a mistake to stay silent when an issue matters and the cost of silence is feeling bitter, resentful, or disconnected. The first thing that comes up is co-choreography with you and me. Yep. We have very different styles, and sometimes there's uh, movements that you come up with that I might not be in love with, but I don't feel a need to be like, no, I do not like that move. Versus the one or two movements that you come up with that maybe like strain something with how I dance and how I move, that I'm like, this doesn't work for me. Um, those are two very different situations because the ones that, one, I may not be in love with, maybe they build to something that's awesome in the next two or three counts that it's almost like a filler um that it feels wrong once the dance is complete to not have those in there hmm. um versus the ones that hurt me obviously i need not to be in there if i plan on dancing it which i'm sure goes the opposite way um but how do how i approach it is i go okay well i'm not sure how it looks but let's see how it feels um or I'll say something long. I think one of the things I said, it looks busy, but it looks cool. So like it, it gives you that like, I'm not like, yes, that's what we need to do, but I'm willing to try it and see it from your perspective. Um, whereas like the one or two times that I've done something that I'm like, no, I can't do that. It strains too much here. You've done the same thing where you're like, no, it's too hard for me to get back this way. I feel like I'm, I'm going to miss it if we do it this fast. Um, I could trip over myself at this point, or it looks like I did if we do that move. And we've had that yes and no 
um, and then somewhere in between. And the somewhere in between is where we generally, okay, well, let's just try it. Let's see what, what it feels like. And if we like it at the end of the four hour session, then we'll put it on paper and pencil and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that we've been very fortunate about mm. is how we talk to each other um, and picking those battles. Not just, just because like I initially don't have a yes response doesn't mean it's not a good move. Mm. Doesn't mean it doesn't help the dance flow the way it needs to. Um, and not having that just we're not doing it mentality I think has helped for both of us. Mm-hmm. I think for dance selection at a venue you can also after a while like if, if there's a dance that you really want to bring in and this other person is trying to bring in this other one you're like Ugh. but you know that if you like just keep shutting them down like it's not going to help the feel of the entire group you can just say all right we'll give it a try we'll bring it in we'll teach it we'll give it as fair a chance as any other dance here i don't i mean my taste does not does not really select that one but we'll see how the group feels and then they can learn it and request it or not at their own discretion and maybe if they love it and embrace it and put all these variations on it then you'll start to see the value in it as well and you'll be like okay i can see why this was suggested they really are enjoying it they're having a blast and that's what this is all about alternatively if they don't like it then you know it just you don't have to give a big i told you so or anything like that you just know that it stands on its own and the dance stands on its own merits and that'll go for anything that you introduce as well like you might think it's great as a dance but that doesn't mean it's the best for your group. Yeah. And if you're forcing it to be played just so you can do it alone and waste everyone else's time, like, how fun is that? Like, do you really want to dance in that kind of environment? Because you can dance alone in your garage. So uh, that's when, yeah, picking your battles and, and knowing when to give things a chance and just seeing what happens can um, make things better overall in the long run. Another thing, like... Um... I'm in certain situations I won't offer my opinion up unless directly asked Mm. Um, and then those are the ones that like for instance like what I have to say doesn't necessarily need to be said I can just know what it is for me Mm -hmm. um, in like a reasoning as to why I don't want to learn a dance or whatever Um, whereas no one's ever directly asked me did you want to learn this versus um, don't you know this one? I can be like, no, no, I don't. And they'll be like, oh, I thought you would have. I was like, no, I haven't learned it. As opposed to, well, I don't like it for this reason and that reason and this reason and that reason. And it's like, they don't need to know that because chances are they actually really like the dance for whatever reason they connect to it. I just don't. And now you've just insulted their tastes and told them they're wrong to like it. Exactly. Whereas like if they ask me, well, why haven't you learned it? Then I can be along the lines like, well, it's not really my favorite song or... I've, I've watched it enough times to really know that there's not something that really screams out to me that I need to learn it just yet. Or, you know, like, and I do it politely, obviously, because there's no reason to be like, oh, well, this move sucks and that move sucks and this was unoriginal and, you know, like... And I no, don't like their politics. Right? It's like, there's no reason to go there. Yeah. But um, still, it's 
it's a matter of when the simple answer, well, I haven't learned it yet, kind of just like covers it. Yep. As opposed to, here, let me insult you mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Or think, even because, I mean, who knows what people do in their minds. I know I've heard uh, several different people say that if, if we were able to hear your thoughts on how you talk to yourself, you would be put in a sane asylum or you would never let somebody talk to you the way you talk to yourself. Um, the last thing I would want to do is say, well, I don't like this dance and someone think that there's something wrong with them for liking it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I just don't, it's just not for me. It's perfectly fine that you love this dance. That's awesome. It's a great way for you to express yourself. I just don't feel that it doesn't fit that same need for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's certainly one thing in which like kind of just glossing over as opposed to like, here's all my reasons why mm. um, can be unnecessary. Also, um, nitpicking on things that don't matter really takes away the impact of if you try to give feedback that does matter. Like if you are trying to get feedback from somebody, first of all, they're like being incredibly vulnerable by opening themselves up to like show you something like that. If if you are watching for technique and you want to be sure they don't hurt themselves, then those are good things to say, but you really want to make sure they hear you when you're saying those very important things. When you spend a lot of your feedback time correcting what they call a step, uh, like if they say shuffle, okay, you meant chasse, okay, you meant triple, or anything like that, then that that kind of makes them step back in their momentum a little bit. And, uh, you know, things of that nature that uh, aren't that important um, make them less receptive, possibly, to the things they should really be listening to that could help them not injure someone on the dance floor. Yeah, exactly. Um, The the sandwich method, just real quick to throw this out there. The sandwich method works well for this. Where you say a positive thing, you mention your constructive criticism in a way that um, does not attack them as a creator, and then you conclude with another positive thing. That is one method. Mm -hmm. Um, Very common with management. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was going to say, you have... You said it to me a long time ago, and it's really stuck with me, is um, saying things in a way that you would listen. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know when someone's talking at you, you just tune it out. Mm-hmm. You stop. You, I mean, you could like very well just keep eye contact with them and nod and like, okay, yeah, uh-huh. Um, and have that kind of toned um, conversation with them. You could also just walk away. Mm-hmm. But either way you're not in taking whatever they're saying. Mm-hmm. So if you word it in a way of like, okay, so I see what you did here. I see what you're trying to do here. This is where my concern lies. Or um, I kind of missed what you're trying to accomplish right here. Can you explain it again? Mm-hmm. Um, something to that extent works much better than, well, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was awful. Like, what the hell are you thinking kind of thing. Were you drinking when you came up with that? <laughs> Which works for some people, apparently. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's certainly... What would you want to hear? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, sometimes I don't understand when people have arguments that make insult a huge part of it. 
and politics does this a lot where they say like if only whoever the other side is if only the other side wasn't composed of stupid idiots that want to ruin the world then they would see that my main point <laughs> why would anyone want to listen to their main point if they've just been called a stupid idiot right and and they're going to ruin the world with their beliefs uh, it's it the, it closes them off before they have a chance to even consider your point of view so sometimes it's not even a matter of really trying to persuade them of anything it's just yelling at them for being wrong and then offering no solution <laughs> uh, those are the battles you don't want to get into right yeah ah getting fired up number two understand the stakes even if you think that you know the other person's issues it can't hurt to pose a direct question ask what's your real concern here says Rebecca Zucker, co-founder of Next Step Partners, an executive coaching and leadership development firm in San Francisco. Often, she's not really voicing it. Um, one of the things I've noticed is when you ask people questions for clarity and you ask people engaging questions on their point, regardless of what you may feel or stand behind, it makes them feel like their voice is being heard, which is 90% of the reason why you're in an argument in the first place is because you feel like you're not being heard. You're not being listened to. Um, so by asking those questions, those engaging questions, those, okay, I'm obviously not understanding what you're saying. Can you please clarify? Or, okay, you've said this, this, and that. What is it you're really trying to get across? Um, it gives them that... I'm listening, I'm paying attention to you, what are you trying to say? Um, and a lot of times that allows for feelings to stay out of it. Mm. <laughs> um, and it's you're able to have a very logical kind of conversation in which both of you can express wherever you're coming from. Uh, the one thing I've always noticed too is I can set people in a more comfortable situation by giving them the opportunity to offer their opinion or their um, standpoint or their thoughts because I'm engaged with them. I'm making eye contact with them and I've taken the time to express my interest in them so they are a little bit more willing to open up as opposed to... Um, them feeling like, well, maybe I want to talk to her and express this issue, but I don't know how to bring it up. Mm -hmm. um, one of the great things that, um, sorry, sissy, uh, my sister and I are infamous for in our uh, relationship is letting our minds get carried away with us and thinking the other person's mad at us for no reason whatsoever. And so we'll be like, okay, is it just me or are you mad at me for some reason? And that gives the other person an opportunity to be like, okay, what the heck are you talking about? And then you can say, okay, well, the last couple of times we've talked, you said this, 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 and that, and this is how I've interpreted it, which then opens that discussion of like, no, that is so not what I meant. Um, this is what I meant. And then you get that communication going as opposed to... Um, 
you're an idiot and oh my god why are we friends or something to that extent um and when you look at it that way the stakes are we want a better relationship mm. we can either stay mad get bitter at our, at each other think the other person's mad at us for whatever reason then we're able to address those and get past that and have a better relationship um when it comes to choreographing a dance the goal is the dance you want to create a dance so you need to not take things personally which also means you need to not attack the other person when you maybe disagree in selecting dances for a venue also if you're not sure why they're pushing so hard for one particular dance and you really just don't want to do that one if you talk about it long enough, you might find out they just want to support this choreographer. They love that choreographer and they want to have them um, involved in the venue in some way just by having a presence there with one of the dances. Once you find out that that's what the whole thing was about, you can say, oh, well, actually, I know like five of their dances. I love these. How do you feel about these? They're like, oh, I don't care. It's as long as we have their dance. Well, there you go. Right. <laughs> you, you just have to get to the root of it and find out that that's why they wanted that there. Or with choreography, if they keep coming back to this one or two step thing, you're like, why is why is it that you like really want this movement? I, I I'm not feeling it, and I'm curious where where it's coming from for you. And they're like, no, I don't care about that thing. I just wanted something catchy, like something that uh, something that seems like a hook. Like, oh, okay, so you don't care what the hook is, as long as it's something unique. It doesn't have to necessarily be that. Like, yeah. Well, okay, then let's get back to the, the drawing board and you know, maybe, uh, maybe we'll come up with something else. <clears throat> Number three, wait until you're calm. When emotions run high, disagreements can turn personal, and that's rarely productive. Recognize when emotions are charged and don't have the conversation until you have a cool head. Excellent advice for anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I've had several situations in which I'm like, okay, you got to give me time to calm down and then we can talk about this because right now where I'm at, I'm not going to receive anything you're saying. Yes. And I, I mean, it's hard for people who want to fix it right then and there, um, which normally I am. Normally I'm a, let's talk about this and let's move on from it because I don't like feeling like this. Mm -hmm. Um, but I need to get to a point in which I know I will be receptive of what you have to say, not just, well, you wronged me. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know that like emotions can do that. Being per Feeling personally attacked can do that. Being hungry can do that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you and I have had the clarifying conversations of, well, when you word things like this, or you say things in this situation, I'm more likely to feel this way. Mm -hmm. um, and that lets both of us know, okay, I need to hold my opinions over here until he's ready to, to receive them, as well as, okay, I'm getting to the point where my emotions are feeling personally attacked. I need to let him know this, this, and this bugged me, or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, and so, like, waiting till I'm calm certainly 
produces better results than let's just argue about it now because why not Mm -hmm. yeah that's how you make a scene at the dance venue where you're supposed to be a professional (laughs) and sometimes you just need to do that and just say like okay uh, i have i'm having a strong reaction to that right now um and i think it's fair to let you know that but we're going to be professionals right now for everybody else's sake we can be us later (laughs) right this kind of goes along with the next one as well which is number four be respectful If someone thinks you're listening thoughtfully, she is more likely to respond in kind. An empathetic phrase such as, I understand how you feel, can go a long way. Professionalism relies upon this. Yes. um, Certainly and most importantly is the being respectful. Mm -hmm. Um, That goes along the lines of not insulting one another, not having that argument, not name-calling or slinging mud, um, as well as when the other person asks for space, give them space. When the other person asks for clarification, clarify how you feel or whatever it is that you need to clarify um, without yelling or without accusing or anything like that. Um, And try and be as logical as possible in the sense of like well this is why the move doesn't work for me mm-hmm. and give the reasons why not just because i don't like it mm-hmm. that's so easy to misinterpret um and almost take personally mm-hmm. um as well as like i was saying earlier about uh not offering up my full opinion of like all my reasonings as to why i don't I haven't learned a dance, but just state that, oh, I haven't learned it, or I don't feel like dancing it right now, or, you know, I'm taking a breather for whatever reason. You know, like, there's ways of, of being honest without being mean. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think some of the things we did mention earlier with uh, respect, a lot of that does come back to just how would you want to hear it, because that sums up so much of respect. You know, the whole do unto others. Yeah. Uh, this next one's interesting because it also covers some things that we mentioned already. Uh, num- <clears throat> number five. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Rather than criticizing the other person, stick to expressing your own feelings and actions. I felt hurt when, or I'm concerned because... It's honest and authentic when you say how you truly view a situation, says Janelle Evans, a co-founder of the Washington, D.C.-based consulting firm Strategic Interactions. And that's a lot of what we mentioned was just I statements. Like, um, it, when, when this happens, when we're in this situation, I feel this. This is generally my reaction to that. Um, or just so you know, my preference tends to lean toward this or this because it creates an inclusive atmosphere as opposed to this, which just from what I've seen has caused problems. Um, yeah. So yeah, bringing it back to yourself gives there gives less to fight about. If you're saying this is good or this is bad, what kind of statement is that? Like, who are are you like the god of all good and bad statements? Like, there, somebody's going to have a different opinion of what's good and bad, but no one can disagree with how you feel. They might think you shouldn't feel that way, which is a questionable, and that that might be something that could cause future problems. But um, they can't say that you're not feeling that way. Like, if you know yourself well enough to say, "I am feeling upset right now," uh, what you said caused this reaction in me. That's fact. That really happened. That was a life event. 
Yes. And that's something that you can work on avoiding having again as another fact in the future. Um, it's also, in a weird way, it's being more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And you having to face your own reasons for feeling the way you feel. Mm -hmm. If you're saying, well, I feel this way, as opposed to, like, if we were in a conversation with something. Well, Chris and I, like, I feel like I have that that backup and I feel like I can talk like this because I have another person versus, well, no, I feel this way. You're taking ownership of that, which means you're putting more stock into how you really feel Mm -hmm. and it's okay to feel the way you feel. Mm. (laughs) You're allowed to have your feelings. Um, And if you speak for yourself saying, I hurt this, yes, you're being vulnerable um, and you're being honest. And typically when you do stuff like that, the other person is more receptive because they see that you're being vulnerable and honest. Um, Because the theory is you've waited for calm heads to talk, by Mm. the way. (laughs) Number six. Don't interrogate. Try not to go on a lawyer-like attack with a litany of yes or no questions. This attack is aggressive, puts the other person on the defensive, and can belittle her, Zucker says. I like open-ended questions for sure. Explain to me what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. Show show me again and tell me why. Mm -hmm. Um, As opposed to, like, do you like doing that? There's so much, like... Own mm-hmm. in that statement that can be judgmental that can be disapproving that can be just perceived as an attack mm-hmm. versus okay why do you like doing that mm-hmm. what is it about that that makes you want to do it then you're explaining something and it's more of an open-ended like okay i'm obviously missing something Show me. <laughs> yeah, those yes or no questions can also be used uh, for passive aggressive stuff. Like, all right, so um, you like you like doing good dances, right? Okay, you like doing dances that people enjoy. Uh, you like you like making people happy. Okay, so I don't understand why you did this instead. I don't understand why you made these choices. Now, if you just start by saying I don't understand why you made these choices. That's fine. That's an actual question. (laughs) But when you preface it with all that yes or no stuff, that sets them up to feel bad about themselves. Yeah. And attacked. So that's uh, definitely something to avoid unless you really feel like just upsetting someone, which I don't think you should. I'm going to throw that out there. That's my personal feeling. Yeah. I I think you should probably find a new hobby. Yeah. Number seven. This is actually related to something we mentioned earlier. Uh, State the facts. If you have them, use them. Facts give opinions and feelings a lot more credibility. It also helps that, quote, they aren't personal or emotional, so they can help make your disagreement constructive, Zucker says. Just make sure you really do have the facts. At the very least, you should be able to name your source. That's when it really does come in handy to say, this is what I've seen in previous classes. This is how they respond to this or that. That's why I think we should go in this direction. If you just say, I don't know, man. I don't think that's going to work out. So well, I, I've never seen it, but I think you're wrong anyway. Like, why not just give it a chance? And that way they can learn something too. And you can be proven wrong if you were actually wrong. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I don't... We've kind of, again, said all of this in previous statements. But uh, yeah, it's important to state a fact as opposed to just like a, well, 
it sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not a fact. That's an opinion. Right. Yeah, if, if you're hurting your leg because we're doing that step, that's a fact. <laughs> I can't talk you out of hurting your leg when you do that step. <laughs> There's no debate. Right, exactly. Oh, and since we would both want you to enjoy doing whatever step goes into that, number eight, <laughs> speak to common interests. Keep the common goal and good in mind. Remember, if an argument turns nasty, nobody wins. Tell the person how much she means to you and how much you value her opinion. I still like you. I still like you. <laughs> um, no, again, the common interest goes back, back to remembering what the goal is. Mm -hmm. Your ultimate goal is to produce something or have somebody enjoy something or uh, build a better environment or whatever it is, because it's dance-related. Generally speaking, it's going to be your goal is something positive. Mm -hmm. um, so keeping that in mind and remembering be like okay we really want to bring in a couple different dances that people have been enjoying these are the ones i've seen stating the facts that have been a real success with people i've seen people on the dance floor enjoying them if our goal is to bring in enjoyable dances here's what i have to offer mm -hmm. what do you have mm -hmm. tell me the dances you have and show me where your stuff is, where your enjoyment lies, and then come to an agreement. Mm -hmm. Like you said earlier, like try their dance first um, and see what people think. Also, you might find out that you had different goals. If you just wanted something crowd-pleasing because they all like this song, that's one thing. But if the other person is selecting songs because they think that they are ready to be challenged and they don't know the song really, and they, they have no connection with it, they don't know who the choreographer is, but this would be a great opportunity to teach them new steps. Well, then you find out that you're talking about totally different things. Yeah. And then maybe those are for you know different classes, and then you can be upfront with the class and tell them this is what we're going for with this one. So here's what to focus on. Exactly. Also, something that connects with our next one uh, is the idea that it's the two of you together against the problem not you against each other. So if there is a conflict, it's it's more important to say, gosh, you and I, like, we're so close. We're such good friends. For us to disagree about this, like, ah, it just stresses me out. Like, I don't like when we're so stressed out around each other. Like, we should be the source of, you know, ease and comfort. So let's really figure out how we can, even if it means, we, you know, we just don't talk about this particular thing, whatever we need to do so that we can get through this together that's the most important thing versus, no, I'm going to convince you to be on my side one way or another because that'll fix everything. <laughs> and that, the next one that this connects to is aim to clear the air rather than win. In many instances, the disagreement will end in detente. Don't try to win the argument. It's more important to focus on understanding why the other person thinks differently than you do. Um, the nice thing about this is I am generally a individual that likes to understand thought processes mm -hmm. and see things from the other person's side because I feel like I can only grow from seeing more perspectives and learning new things. Um, so I tend to try and understand where um, your thought processes or one of my friends thought processes on doing something or bringing a dance or 
um, changing something about the the lineup or something to that extent. Um, yes, I might feel disappointed that maybe the dance I suggested wasn't included, mm-hmm. but look at all these other dances that I potentially didn't know before that now I get to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearing the air comes more along the lines of like, well, okay, yeah, I'm disappointed that my dance didn't get picked. And that's not really... Nobody wins an argument. Unless you're a lawyer. (laughs) And even then, I I think that's debatable. (laughs) But if you're clearing the air, you're getting rid of whatever confusion or misunderstanding happened between you two. And you're both able to let go of whatever that was that made you feel the way you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're both able to move forward. And in that sense, you're winning. Mm-hmm. And as for the argument part, it more often than not, it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in just saying the word uh, D and then E with an accent over it, T-E-N-T-E, I thought, you know, I wonder if that's pronounced detente. I think I've heard it pronounced detente before. And if somebody, if let's say I were talking to somebody and they pronounce something a certain way or they use a word in a way that I don't think is necessarily like the best, like the, the correct, technically correct way to use that word, I, it kind of goes along with pick your battles as well. When you point that out, but you understood what they were saying, what was the point of bringing it up? Like you understood, like language is just there for you to understand each other. So if you are, if the goal for you is just to win and let everyone know how right you are, then maybe that is not something you should be trying to do. Maybe it's more important to see what lets both of you win and um, and understand why you feel whatever you're feeling or why you're communicating whatever you're communicating. Just having that pronunciation thing, if you say, oh, actually it's detente, uh, you were wrong, start pronouncing it like this from now on or you're going to make me look like an idiot when I show people that I'm friends with you. Like... What? Like that's that's such a, an unpleasant way to uh, to go about a friendship with somebody when it's so unnecessary. You already knew what they were talking about. Anyway, number ten of ten. Consider compromise. It doesn't get you exactly what you want, but it can be an effective way for people to overcome a disagreement and move forward. Remember, a compromise doesn't have to be equal to be acceptable. However, it is important for you to understand what you're both giving up and to be comfortable with that equation. You don't have to feel happy about a compromise, but you have to feel you can live with it, says Robin Hoberman Becker, a mediator and divorce lawyer in Chicago. And before we get into that, I just want to repeat that this article is How to Disagree Agreeably by Eric Messenger on realsimple.com. There are additional sections underneath this list like how to disagree with your boss, how to disagree with your coworkers, how to disagree with your spouse or significant (laughs) others, uh, how to disagree with your teenagers, how to disagree with your parents, how to disagree with your siblings, how to disagree with your best friend, how to disagree with your neighbors. And all of these are on the article, same page as the one we are looking at. Again, the last point here was consider compromise. It's interesting that they mentioned that compromise doesn't have to be equal. I'm not sure that's something I've uh, fully grasped. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, as opposed to finding a solution that's even halfway. Like, let's say you both want, if I want this dance and you want that dance, and we both say, all right, well, how about we both just choose this third dance that neither of us like? That's not good. Right. You equally dislike it, but that doesn't solve it. <laughs> it would be better to just say, all right, I'm not going to get my way this time. I'm a big kid. I can live with that. Next week, we're going to try things my way, and then we'll see what's up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's certainly one way to put it. Um, I try really hard um, when there's something, like, for instance, during choreography that I'm either questioning or I'm hesitant on. I try really hard to openly mind, open-mindedly try it um, because... I don't like just saying I don't like something without having some type of factual backup that I've tried it. And no, I actually don't like it. (laughs) Um, But I can also state why I don't like it once I've tried it. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't feel right, or my balance is off, or I'm obviously missing something. It doesn't hit the same way for me as it does you, or something to that extent. Whereas compromise for me is one of those, like, as long as it doesn't hurt me um i can keep trying it and i'll I'll even state certain things i know like we've we've done um let's hold on to that for right now and Mm -hmm. see what happens when we come to the end of the dance and how it flows start to finish um and that's my compromise that's the i'm not solidified in that movement but i don't have anything better to offer Mm -hmm. all right thank you all for joining us here on Lion Dance Podcast on Move Radio. You can find all our episodes on liondancepodcast.com. This has been Christopher Gonzalez with Megan Barsulia. We will see you on the, the dance floor. floor.